everybody welcome back to another episode of reckless attack oh see that was much better what a what a difference a week makes yeah there Uh, we go we are a dungeons and dragons fifth edition actual play podcast my name is nathan lurs i am your dungeon master whose only ambition in life is to murder all of his characters and i'm not gonna say players but at least characters and we'll stop the sentence there How's everyone feeling today? Fine. (laughs) Overall. Got some things looming, it feels like, is the vibe. I, Sophie, am great. Val is very nervous. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. That makes total sense. Yeah, I was telling Steve before the session last week, I was really just like ultra anxious, like chest tight, having like, you know, shallow breaths, all that stuff. This week, I'm like, yeah, man, loosey-goosey, feeling good. But that is enough from me seated to my right who, who do we have here and what's his whole situation both in and out of fiction oh the whole well, situation how much how much time do we have about an hour okay back in oh, no, no, no. <laughs> hello everyone my name is steve horovitz and i am playing Sylvesterlin, the dragonborn monk from the binjuzi monastery uh, i apologize for not doing that in the voice as i normally do <laughs> but i totally forgot you know, I, I like that. I, yeah, I yeah. like the transparency. I yeah. think it's important yeah. to set that it's, early. It's good. Good. Set expectations. Uh, this is good. This uh, kind of game helps me relax a little bit and kind of, uh, you know, face the rest of the week. And uh, what better way to do that than to beat up some bad guys? Let me flip it on over to the person on the right. Hi, everyone. My name is David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock, who in two episodes has already found himself in some very uh, sticky pickles. <laughs> Yes, with some dramatic sticky pickles. Yeah. I, David, am doing pretty well. Excellent. Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan, and I am playing the, the Grung Druid Checkers and his trusty frog pal, Mango. Checkers is kind of vacillating between the knowledge and anxiety that comes with it of a new species of Grung that he's never encountered before, but also the fact that it's been a long day and he hasn't really slept, so he's just kind of tired. Yeah, you know what really helped? Sleeping on it. I, Jonathan, am very excited for the first combat of our Woo! new campaign. Yeah. And prepared to hopefully not lose all of our characters today. I'm attached. So, that, would be, that would be a bummer. But, yeah, right. We've only you know, played three if, sessions and I'm already attached. And, you know, I feel like this is uh, not to cut off our final intro, but, you know, an important reminder of I do not like killing characters. I have a strong aversion to it. But if it happens, I will take a little glee in it. Sophie, your thoughts? Hi, I'm Sophie. I play Valeska Carter, the human <laughs> asterisk. I am ex- I'm very domain cleric. To see how long the long pause in between <laughs> Val's name and human goes uh, as we continue the campaign. Listen to the behind the screen episode. Uh, maybe I think we talk about it. We'll see. We'll find out. I don't know. Secrets. Secrets. But yes, I Sophie am doing very well. Val is intrigued <laughs> has just seen probably one of the most magical things she's ever witnessed and is very curious about it but has a lot of obstacles in her way before she can investigate yes and she's kind of sad about that that is extremely true and that was essentially where we left you except for one important detail which was your big clanky dwarf while equipped with dark vision was not equipped with the ability to stealth well and a group of grung stumbled upon you. Ha I'm in danger. What you see, Kaskrin most specifically, you see three grung. Each of them are riding another creature. You see a green grung who is riding a human and is carrying what appears to be some like a sling or and some darts and that kind of stuff. You see a blue one that is riding a dwarf who has a spear, and you see a purple one who is riding atop some sort of strange feline creature who seems to have gigantic teeth 
long claws, and crazy stripes going all down its body. They look at you, and you, you know you're pretty far away from the encampment, so you're not super at risk of being heard. But you see the purple one look at the other two and point forward and go, Aah! at you. And I'd like everyone to roll initiative, please. It's happening. Oh, man. And luckily, we're doing this, all, big, we're doing this particular big. one with theater of the mind. I have devised a brilliant naming technique so we remember. There's purple dwarf spear. There's green human darts. And there's purple tiger. It's genius. It's flawless. Don't question me. <laughs> Val rolled a seven. Checkers with a 22. Wow. Kaskren with 15. And Selve goes to 11. So, to set the scene a little bit, you guys are not really on the edge edge of the clearing because you were able to look in and I presume you were like literally standing right there being like, well, what's going on here, Mr. Grungs? I guess that's a little Etris. Well, golly! Hey, yeah. <laughs> no, Etris stayed back. He's watching over the patient and the donkey. And so you guys are still several feet out from the clearing, but again, this clearing is very large. They've clearly been working and chopping a lot of wood already. So you're probably, I don't know, we'll even say 20, 30 feet kind of back from the start of the real tree line. Then no other grung are particularly close to you guys. So again, we have Purple Tiger. Uh, I will list off all of my favorite Lucky Charms. Uh... Lucky Charms. I was going to go Legends of the Hidden Temple uh, yeah, uh, off, I... off, mm-hmm. off teams. Uh, so we got the Purple Tigers, we got the Green Darts, and we got the Blue Spears. And again, the dart and the spear, the green and the blue one, are both writing mortals. And the other one is writing this kind of strange cat creature who I haven't named already, Wink. <laughs> it's a tiger. I don't know. Would your characters know about tigers? I feel like Veleska may have heard yeah. of these mythical creatures, but the rest of us. Like, I, I, what's a tiger? This is weird. Probably haven't seen one now. Is a tiger on all fours? Yep. Okay. Cool. <laughs> when they were mostly riding mortals, I just imagined everyone, every creature they were riding oh, was more I, yeah, vertical. I, yeah, like bipedal. I, 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 totally thought, I, thought, I thought you were describing a tabaxi. Right, same. Initially. Not of this particular group. You didn't even get a chance to really like scope out the layout of the quote unquote base or the encampment or whatever yet, just because all of this was so was happening so quickly of like, oh, dang, look at all this. Oh, dang, look at that portal. Oops. They're looking at us. Initiative is mm-hmm. essentially kind of the order of operations. So one last thing I wanted to say before we start, the two creatures, the green and the blue one who are riding on mortals on the backs of the dwarf and the human, both have partial cover from your attacks. Just because, again, imagine them just kind of hunkered down behind these things and just kind of popping up. Because they're like, they're riding like backpacks, not like sitting like a small child on top of shoulders, right? They are it's, their it's own Luke, backpacks. It's Luke Skywalker Yoda. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, but they, but they are kind of doing their own holding on. They are kind of sticky, clingy creatures and are able to, without too much effort, just kind of ride along and, yeah, just be essentially frog backpacks. So if I get the staff or something in between there, we can just kind of yep. pop them right off. Yeah, I mean, totally legit. You guys have seen what happens, theoretically, when one of these creatures is separated from Grung. It's, I mean, it's not good, but it's better than being weird puppets. Checkers, what are you going to do? First turn, first combat turn of the campaign, no pressure. What are you going to do? Dazzle us. So, Checkers sees these three Grung come out of seemingly nowhere to not ambush us, but we just kind of run into each other. Checkers takes this opportunity to kind of try and throw them off a little bit with some deception. He's going to call out in Grung, don't mind us. We're, we're just here for the uh, the guided tour, right, right, fellas? No, nope. nothing. All right, fine. And then well, g- keep in mind, none of us know what you're saying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're just like, no, spare me, kill them. <laughs> Checkers is going to drop his torch and launch himself into the trees with his ten foot jump. Farewell, everyone. And he's going to. <laughs> I knew it, Checkers. You're a traitor. You were. Were you on Mango originally? So Mango's going to retreat. Checkers is going to jump into the trees and cast the first level spell, Entangle, hoping to catch the purple tiger and the blue spear, as well as, you know, potentially the green dart. Yep. But just to keep them from moving around on this first turn of combat. 
So Entangle, remind me, does that grow up from the ground? It does, yes. Okay, cool. So I will have the tiger and I will have the, well, I guess, the humanoid make these checks. Sounds good. Which is interesting. DC 13 strength. Strength check. Does it cover all three of them? Well, what's the radius of it? 20 foot radius. I'll say all three of them. Nice. So, interestingly, they all have disadvantage on this che- on this check. Nice. The tiger is no. Uh, the green one's a no. Aha. Uh, aha, the blue one is not restrained, however. All right, sounds good. So, purple tiger and green darts are restrained. Blue spear is not. Excellent. Now it is the purple tiger and tiger's turn. Just for the sake of ease, I'm running the... I guess we'll call it the Grung and their mounts. I don't love that. That doesn't make me feel good to say, but they're evil creatures, and that's just kind of what's happening. I'm going to have them go on the same turn. So first, the tiger is going to just kind of like lazily just like try to get out. Nope, with disadvantage, he rolls a six on the die, which ain't going to do it. Nice. The purple Grung looks around. You, you can understand, checkers. None of the rest of you, again, all the rest of you just hear kind of like... Uh, you hear, oh, what is this? No, no, this will not do. And looks around, and it, it was originally holding a spear and just kind of like stabs it down into the ground and takes out a dart from out of one of its pouches or something. And then you see it glare around self. It looks around, and then it makes eye contact with you, and then it licks the dart and throws it at you. Oh, uh. great. Ooh, that's a natural two. He misses, and that's a real bummer. You hear him, oh, no! And that is his turn. Cass, it's your turn. Can you remind me which one is not restrained? Dw- the blue guy riding the dwarf. Okay. Uh, so the dwarf is not restrained. Okay, that's what I figured. <laughs> Kaskrin sees that these roots have just grown out of the ground to entangle two of these grung and their mounts. He sees the one that is still moving about freely. He reaches his hand towards it and grabs something behind him in a fist, and he pulls it towards him. Kaskrin casts Catapult, but he is going to cast it so that a stone from behind the blue dwarf rockets in our direction to hit the grung behind him. Cool. Love that. Can you please have the Grung make me a dexterity saving throw? Yes, indeed. He has advantage on that due to his cover. Does he still have cover? Yes, because facing isn't a thing in 5th edition. That's fair. Okay. So I appreciate it. I like it. I love it. And I'm going to be the mean DM. I'm sorry, everyone who have already disappointed. I'm sorry for everything. I'd like to issue a public apology after I succeed in this dexterity saving throw, which I have. Okay. So, but because the item is coming forward at such a high speed, it continues hitting whatever is still in front of it, which is now the dwarf. Absolutely. With disadvantage. Yes. He Well, he rolls a five and a two anyway, so I think that's a double fail, technically. The stone hits the dwarf from behind with such force. He takes 3d8 bludgeoning damage, which is... Damn! Gross. You've got to be kidding me. I rolled a one, two, and a three for six points of bludgeoning damage. I will move forward to engage the blue dwarf in melee. 25 feet forward, as close as I can get, try to round him off from retreating into the forest. Excellent. And does Entangle change anything about... Difficult difficult? terrain. Uh, So you wouldn't be able to quite get there, I think. Can I go around the Entangled area? Like, I don't want to walk straight to him, but I want to make sure he's not running off to the side. Yeah, I like that. So you're trying to just get between them. Yeah, just box him in. Yep, I like that. Absolutely. So... It is not difficult terrain, nothing like that. You start making your way around to okay. intercept anyone. And I would say, too, like, we've got to keep them from leaving. But, I mean, everyone already knows that. So I don't want to say it too loud. <laughs> <laughs> we also have to not talk not loudly. Probably. Just amongst us, we have to keep them from leaving. Self, your turn. Yes. All right. I will make my way around the entangle the opposite direction as cast to kind of, if something gets out that way. And while I am moving the green dart creature that so nicely threw a dart at me, I'm going to... That's the purple one. That's the purple one? Yep. Oh, I was looking at green dart. Sorry. Blame, it's Jonathan's fault. Uh Haha. So purple tiger dart 
Purple Tiger Dart. Uh, it's already falling apart. Yeah, that's okay. We got to re- restart the episode. Take it from the top. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. <laughs> my name is. <laughs> um, I'm going to make my way around the opposite side, like I said, of Cast, and then I am. I believe if I take out two darts, I can actually throw both of them. I actually don't think so because I think it is drawing a weapon is an interact with an object action. I believe which I think you get one free of every turn, so you'd only be able to draw one dart. But I'm also fine with you saying you had darts in your hand. Okay. In that case, I will throw both of them at the purple tiger creature. So I'm guessing a 7 does not hit. No, it does not. And what about a 15? That does hit. Okay, so that one is going to be... Ooh, rolled 4, so 6 points of dart damage. Excellent. Val, round us out. What are you up to? Val is very concerned for the mortals and that feline type creature. All of them, yep. So she's going to try to get the grung off as quickly as possible. So she's going to cast Magic Missile, one dart going to each of the grung. Ooh, into it. Wow. That's 3d4, correct? So it's 1d4 plus 1 Three per times. dart. Yes. All right. So that is three points of damage to purple. Okay. Purple tiger. Four points to green dart. Four points to blue spear. So describe it to me. How does it look like as it is leaving your hand? How do they snake around? Because again, two of them at least are still kind of cowering and crouching and kind of ducking and dodging in, uh, you know, on top of their mm-hmm. their mounts. I still don't like it. No. Yeah, but no, it's not we great. Get it. So as always, Val kind of like touches the holy symbol of the chalice with the eye on it that's on her shield and you see three motes of energy that are semi-book shaped fly out in this pale blue light and one just goes directly for the purple tiger's chest and then the other two look like they're about to hit the human and the dwarf but at the last moment just kind of like either one goes like up and down like kind of into the head and they only like goes to the right and like loops around to the back of the grung. Oh, oh, ah! You hear three different individual grung cries as they all strike true. That is awesome. Anything else you'd like to do, Val? No. Okay. Now it is my grungy's turn. The green dart frog, not literally, but you get it, who is going to spur their human on to try and get out of this entangle, which is probably not going to go great with the disadvantage it has. Rolled a 19 and a 4, so that's a hard pass. But then it is also going to look around and seeing that the purple tiger was not able to find purchase with its... Yeah, purple tiger, did I say that right? Uh, yeah. God, again. It's purple tiger. It's you all got it. breaking down around me. God damn it. Seeing that it was not able to find purchase with its own kind of ranged dart attack, it also puts its spear down, pulls out some darts. It's going to look up at where Checkers also leaped, going to say, yes, yes, that will do. And it goes off of, it kind of clambers up on top of its human, standing on its shoulders like a, uh, a small little acrobat. And instead of doing a cool backflip, it kind of crouches down and springs into the tree, uh, just kind of straight up into the air, and also grabs on top of a branch. It is going to chuck a dart down, a lit dart, down at Kaskarin. And again, this is the green one. So it is going to 15... 15 does not hit, will not pierce the the heavy armor. So it moves around and again, it still has a little bit of partial cover. It's kind of snaking in between all the branches and that kind of stuff, but you can definitely see him and it has not gone past you yet, if that makes sense, Cass. It is still like kind of in the circle of the entanglement spell. And then finally, it is the blue one who is riding the dwarf who was able to nimbly dodge as its mount was hit right in the back of the head with a flying stone. And seeing the excellent idea that its green counterpart did, uh, it's like, I was going to do that first, I I promise. And it also jumps up into the trees and is going to also take a pot shot at Cass as it goes. Oh, man, why me? Uh, Rolls a 14. Because I think you're the only one who's not behind a tree. That's fair. No, well, you are A, not behind a tree, and B, on the way to where they are going, essentially. But again, they are between jumping straight up in the air and kind of moving past. They are still well within your sights. Okay. Back to the top of the order. Pretty much all of the mounts, save for the tiger, are still kind of feebly trying to just mindlessly get out of this. 
they haven't reacted to the fact that the grung aren't on their backs anymore. They're just still kind of like mindlessly like trying to rip free very ineffectually from this spell. Two of them, the green one and the blue one, have both jumped up into the tree line, have both been hit by several attacks, including some magic missiles, and the purple one is still sitting on the on its tiger mount, glaring around, trying to figure out what to do. But before he gets a chance to do anything, his fellow grung adversary, Checkers, gets to act first. Checkers is kind of looking at this from a bird's eye view. He's seeing the blue and green grung jump into the air to try and match sort of the same level that he's on. Yep. He is going to circle around in the trees, just jumping from branch to branch, until he can get kind of a position on the green dart grung. Mm-hmm. He is going to aim his crossbow at him and pull the trigger. It fires off this sort of barbed fishing hook sort of thing at the green grung. He's going to cast the spell Thorn Whip. It is going to be a melee spell attack. It's like 23. That absolutely hits. Cool. So that's going to deal three points of damage to Mm -hmm. Green Dart. However, the reason why I did that is because I want to try and pull the Grung off of the branch that it is on. Could you please roll me me a D100? I'm going to say 85 and under. 29. 29. 29. You pull it and you Bugs Bunny him, or I guess maybe Wile E. Coyote is probably yeah. the better, probably the better Looney Tune. You Wile E. Coyote him and just he is like almost... Does he hold up the little yikes sign? Yeah, exactly. He is just kind of like yanked into nothingness, looks around for a moment, and then plummets to the ground. We will say he's probably not too, too far up, so he's going to take a D6 of damage. And uh-huh. is he still within the area of the entangle? Yes, I believe so, if he needs to re-roll from moving through it or anything like that. It's just difficult terrain. Excellent. He takes three more points of damage, and he seems quite stunned by this. A little loopy, a little kind of loose, and and trying to get his bearings after a sudden yank and plummet to the ground. Steve, were you asking about Entangle? Because if he falls into it, is he restrained then? I I think... uh if I remember correctly, if they go into it, they have to make the saving throw, don't they? It's only if they're in it when it's cast? Only when it's cast. Oh, afterwards, okay. afterwards it's, just, it's just difficult terrain. However, because he took damage from the fall, he is prone. Yes, exactly. Thank you for the clarification. I had that in my head, and for some reason, I don't need to say that to the players or the listeners. <laughs> That's not important. Yeah. Cool. He is knocked prone, and again, he's kind of like looking a little loopy again, very wily coyote. You see little squiggles over his head, etc. Checker just kind of chuckles to himself <laughs> and then disappears into the trees and tries to find some cover. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Dark Dice is a critically acclaimed actual play podcast brought to you by Fool and Scholar Productions. With over 20 awards in sound design, Dark Dice brings its horror-themed campaigns to life with snappy combats, terrifying monsters, and tons of original music. Each episode is only 45 minutes long and features an all-star cast of seasoned role players and first-time players alike including folks you might recognize, like Jeff Goldblum, Lily Pichu, and Jasper William Cartwright. Start with Season 1 and follow the adventurers on their quest to investigate a doppelganger, or jump into Season 2 and listen to a new story about a terrible, corrupting sound 
that infects all who hear it. Dark Dice is available for free however you listen to podcasts or at darkdice.com. So ask yourself, do you seek him? All right, that was Checker's turn. Now it is the Purple Grung's turn. His tiger, one more time, again, just because it is mindlessly doing it, uh, is going to be trying to break out, fails once more. The Purple Grung looks around at the surroundings, seeing the two other Grung start to climb, well, try to climb. You see, it also saw one plummet down and get knocked on its ass. And it looks around and then once again locks eyes with Selv. And it looks, it glares at him. And then you see it clamber up onto the tiger. And it looks at you and says, For the High Lord! And it does a long jump, 20 feet, and tries to grapple you. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it's just flying through the air. You see its arms wide, and it is coming straight for your face. And now is a great time, I feel like, to remind everyone that, according to the lore set forth by our Grung player, Grung do not need to wear clothing. And so this is a totally oh boy. unclothed Grung flying spread eagle directly at your face. <laughs> I didn't do it. It wasn't my choice. I had to. You know, I, I am just a, an arbiter of the world. I, I don't have uh, missile snaring yet. <laughs> <laughs> Could you roll me and we'll say athletics or acrobatics check as this will be a contested oh sure grapple check absolutely I think well does he have to hit first before it becomes or is this to determine if he hits so what I'm going to say flavor wise is he is launching himself towards your face regardless he can make the jump if we're if we're describing it the not fun way he is jumping down beside you and then slapping you on the face right okay which, which is uh, I guess no, no, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine either way. No, I changed my mind. He is a canny purple grung. He's not one of the lesser green grung, and he would know better than to try and grapple you. He is going to fly. You see him flying in midair. Again, spread eagle. Never have you seen such a terrible force of nature and of, of pure frog excellence. And it keeps going, keeps going. You see it drop down. And it looks up at you and kind of does this weird little grung smirk and then slaps you in the face. <laughs> I'm going to make an attack, uh, melee attack against you. Okay. Just a 14 hit? It does. <laughs> <laughs> Please make me a constitution saving throw. Oh, con is plus one. Ooh, 19. Nice. There you go. Good stuff. Ass. <laughs> ass, ass, ass. But! <laughs> and he, like, looks at you, he slaps you in the face, and his, his hand is still lingering on your cheek. And he looks at you, and he, he waits, and he waits. And is his his size is similar to Checker's? Yeah, he's, like, small. He had to, like, he kind of jumped up on you a little bit. He's, like, on his tiptoes trying his to do this. Yeah, and it's just, like, holding his hand on you to be like, yes, I've got him now! And then what does Self do in reaction? Self will kind of, like, with his spear, kind of, or not his spear, his, uh, his quarterstaff just kind of, like, a small knock the, the hand away. Like as if you wrapped its knuckles, it kind of wiggles its finger. Kaskrin, it is your turn. Okay. Kaskrin sees that there is still a blue frog up in the air. He's going to continue moving around the entanglement a bit, but at the blue frog, he's going to raise his hand and throw a light javelin at it. He casts Eldritch Blast. Absolutely. Cool. That is going to be 13 to hit. That is a miss okay. because it is so ensconced in the various trees and branches that had a little bit of cover. But could you re-describe what your Eldritch Blast looks like for myself and the listeners? Yeah, so it looks like Zeus throwing a lightning bolt. Like, it is just a translucent golden javelin cool. instead of, like, a normal wooden one that he materializes in his hand and throws off into the distance. Hell yeah. But it just <laughs> hits against a tree and then vanishes. Yeah, you see it knock the branch that's like right in front of the grung and it falls and clatters to the ground and now you see the grung makes direct eye contact with you and just like, oh. <laughs> and that is it. But you are still positioning yourself, making sure you are still between it and the clearing. Yes. Excellent. Selv. Selv will kind of like 
bring his quarterstaff up, and he will uh, attempt to hit this thing twice, probably, unless the first one kills it. That seems reasonable to me. So it's going to be <laughs> with a, ooh, first attack is 21 to hit. <laughs> uh, if you reverse the numbers, it would still be a hit. Ooh. So that is going to be only four points of damage. What what does it look like <laughs> when you dispatch <laughs> oh. this, this okay. poor, um, poor, excellent specimen of a grung? Probably the greatest grung you've ever seen. So after (laughs) second greatest, after self kind of like knocks his arm away and kind of hits his bones, so he gets that tingly arm feel. Self just kind of like takes a small step backwards, and then he's holding his staff parallel to the ground, Mm -hmm. and he just a quick snap forward of the right hand side, just smacks him right in the face, and then just drops the grung. Yeah, just head just snaps around and it collapses down in front of you. What else would you like to do? What is the are the other two grungs are still up? No, no, one of them fell. Yep. How far into the entangle is that one? I would say it's probably at least, we'll say at least 30 feet or so. Okay. In that case, Selv will move up to the edge of the entangle, and basically I will draw a dart and be prepared for next round. Okay. Sounds good. Val, it is your turn. What would you like to do? Seeing Selv being real ready for this purple one, Val will run in the direction of the grung up in the trees and try to kind of stay like halfway between the blue one in the trees and the green one on the ground. But she will go ahead and cast Guiding Bolt at the blue spear in the tree. Yes, the blue one is the one still in the tree. Okay, I know I'm supposed to roll the damage dice at the same time, but I can't roll 4d6 if it doesn't hit, because I will just be too sad. I I appreciate that and support it. (laughs) Natural one. I knew I'd be too sad. The first natural one of the campaign, though. That's true. Yay. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. You got that out of the way? Nothing but 20s from here on out? But blue's frosted... Val died, betrayed me. Yep. Well, that's going to happen sometimes. God damn it! And she literally, <laughs> dear listeners, dear listeners, she, in just like the saddest, most like limpest chuck of the D20 back just into a her. Dejected Sophie. Yeah, the saddest dice roll maybe of all time, threw it back into her dice box, landed on a 20. Just, <laughs> just. So what natural one? I don't know bad, what happened. Like, look at this perfectly good natural twenty. Bad news. While you've also used your only natural one of the campaign, I think you've used your only natural twenty of the <laughs> campaign. It. We do not do anything particularly special for natural ones or natural twenties at this juncture, especially in combat, other than the kind of normal rule thing. So we'll all just kind of take a moment of silence, stare at Sophie, and be sad, but also be like. Yeah, you really really fucked that one up. I really did. Anything else you'd like to do? Val uses her bonus action to really just try to think about what the fuck a tiger is. <laughs> <laughs> remember, I remember everything it she in my can. studies. Yeah. All right, it is the green frog's turn and oh, he is not great. He's still on his butt as I recall correctly. That's right. He is back in the middle of all this entangled stuff and while he hmm so he has to first spend half of his move to stand up and I guess I'm going to say he does not have enough movement left to jump back into the trees so he is just going to like do some sad lightly concussed grung steps through the very thick underbrush that you have now just created oh must get back to the high overlord as he moves like five feet kind of further back he still sees Cass in front of him and he is also going to do a half-hearted lick of another dart and is going to chuck it at you as he is trying to make a ploy to continue his life. That is a seven, so probably a hard, a hard no. And yeah, he is just just sad trucking. Also, his human mount had previously the last turn still kind of been struggling and trying to get out. And you actually see that it kind of wobbles a little bit. Anyone who's paying attention, keeping their eyes on things, sees this human kind of wobble and then just collapse to the ground. Next is the blue dw- the blue grung's turn. The dwarf it was writing does the exact same thing. It again just kind of like 
wobbles, and you actually see for a moment it kind of blink its eyes and look a little clear-eyed. And there's a moment, and then its eyes, like, cross, (laughs) and then it collapses down into the ground as well. The blue one is still up in the trees, and it is going to... It's going to double move. And so it's going to go past Cass, past Val, just to the edge of the trees. It is still just not quite into hearing range or sight range or anything like that, but it is now just trucking past all of you guys in the tree line. And you know you will have one turn to stop it. Checkers, your rebuttal. You see that there are two grung. Obviously, one is right on the edge. The other one is still kind of struggling through your overgrowth. You're still up in the trees overseeing things, and you see one up in the trees ahead of you and one down below you. What do you do? Cass, the blue one's getting away. I'm going to go after it. Checkers, get it. Don't let it it get away. And then I am going to jump after it and try again to thorn whip it back away from the branch that it's trying to get to. I love it. Okay, let's see it. 16 to hit. Melee, Melee spell attack. Yep, absolutely. That'll be two points of damage, and I'm going to try and pull it off of the branch that it just landed on. You can do that, and so much worse. Wonderful. So I'm imagining this blue grung is trying as hard as it can to jump through the thick branches of the treetops in an attempt to get away and get back to wherever the camp was. All fours. Yes. Oh, I can get back. I can do it. Oh, yes. It can see the clearing, and as it just reaches for another tree, it sees this fish hook-like thing (laughs) jab into its arm. Oh, no. (laughs) And he feels himself getting yanked back, just barely unable to reach the branch in front of him. And then he just kind of swings down on the fish hook and falls to the ground. I got nothing. Crashing against the bottom of the forest floor. Yep, and it just stays there. Cass, you see this as this grung just comes like falling out out of the tree line. Excellent, checkers. Anything else? I got him. (laughs) <laughs> I we can gotta see get him. that, Checkers. I got him. <laughs> that is my turn. Excellent. Kaskrin, there's one guy. The green guy is still kind of like trying to power walk his way through the, the high grass that your your fellow, your grung has created. What do you do? Kaskrin throws one more Eldritch Blast at this green grung, trying to take it out before it can get much farther. That is a seven to hit. And I, I grumble to myself and I'm <laughs> mad about it, but that's my turn. And you're just going to keep hunkering down kind of near-ish the edge of the overgrowth. Yeah. I know it's it's life is coming to an end soon, but I don't want to step in those roots either. So I'm just going to plan to intercept it if it ever makes yep. its way out. I think that is that is a quality decision. Selv, your turn. All right. So Selv will move so he's within about 20 feet of the remaining grung. And then he will throw a dart, grab another dart, and throw a second dart. And we'll see if I'll hit. That would be uh, a 16 and a 23. Absolutely. Self. Ooh, maximum damage on both darts. Nice. Nice. Well, what does it look like when two max damage darts fly into this grung? One of them hits him in the middle of the back, and the other one hits him at the base of the neck. And then there's just a kind of a... (laughs) And then the grung collapses and kind of disappears among all of the vines and grass. Oh, no! Only Checkers hears that. <laughs> the rest of you only hear... <laughs> Excellent. That is first combat accomplished. Well done, everyone. Woo! I didn't kill anyone. That was a real, real bummer. So you guys were able to contain this. You see that there are three limp bodies still amongst all of the entangle spell. How long does that last? I'll break concentration on okay, it. Okay, great. It's concentration thing. So whenever you want, you can free everyone from that. Question. Yes. Are any of these, I know we didn't specify any sort of non-lethal, but are any of these creatures still breathing? Uh, I was just about to ask that. Oh, Val has, it. once she saw that last grung down, she is busting out her healer's kit and just her five foot nothing self is like probably up to her boobs in plant growth <laughs> and she's just trotting through to like see how these folks to are To which doing. one? The grung or the to tiger. the... tiger. Let's be real. That's going <laughs> okay. to the tiger. Right on. Right Cascade will go towards one of the closest grung. Okay. She's just going to see if it's stable. Like her, that's her goal is to get everybody stabilized 
first. And, yeah, and Selv will move towards the human and the dwarf. So the only one that could have not been used lethal damage, and I'm totally fine with doing it after the fact, is the one that Checkers killed because it was a melee. It was a melee attack, and mm-hmm. you have to. I think actually, None it's, of them it's were- a spell attack though, because I don't think I can do non-lethal with spells. No, uh, Selv Selv hit one with a quarterstaff. Oh, yes, that's true. Wait, are we doing the grung as non-lethal? Checkers is specifically interested in the grung, because he doesn't care about the other unconscious people, whatever. The grung that Selv hit with the quarterstaff, the one that tried to touch him, or the one that did touch him, is probably still alive. So, yes, so the only one, so I forgot about the one that Selv had hit with his quarterstaff. That would actually be the only one that is eligible to be knocked unconscious, if you'd like to retroactively do that. But otherwise, yeah, the other one with spell attacks and with darts would both be goners, shall we say. Yeah, that's fine. So we'll... And this is the purple one too, right? Yes. So while Valeska is running towards the tiger, Cass will also make his way towards Selv and the, the purple grung. So first of all, Val, could you roll me a nature check? I would take medicine too. This will be medicine. Cool. 16? Ooh, pretty good. Yeah, so you... A, you would probably be able to know this, but especially since you already kind of worked on someone who is being affected by whatever is happening, you would be able to say, like, they are already at the level of exhaustion and poison and that kind of stuff, or at least this tiger is, Mm -hmm. that that other person was. Okay. You guys haven't stabilized this individual yet. Like, you have back at camp hanging out with Etris, Mm -hmm. but you know that the tiger and presumably the other two mortal individuals who you have rescued, how long they have, how stable they are. And if needed, she would use one of the uses of her healer's kit to use my action to stabilize them. Okay. If they're at zero hit points, you know. Yeah, I would say that they're all stable in terms of like zero HP kind of things. But I'll still say that you using your healer's kit, being you, have no problem at least getting their vitals, making sure they're not like in immediate cardiac arrest kind mm-hmm. of a situation. So excellent. Kaskrin, what are you doing with the purple grung that you have waded over to? Kaskrin is, since Selv knocked this grung unconscious, Kaskrin is mostly just checking that it is still alive, you know, two fingers to the neck. Roll me a constitution I, saving yeah. throw? Yeah, I, I know. No. Kaskrin, as I, may, as yeah. I do jazz hands yeah. over here, I'm yeah. trying to tell you to put gloves on before you do that. Kaskrin knows that they are poisonous, but this is more important to him than being safe. So he is he's checking with his bare hands. Okay. Roll me a constitution saving throw with advantage, since you're a dwarf. So I rolled a 7 and an 8, but that is 12. So you reach down to touch this thing, and this is still, it's still alive. And so you reach down, you check it. So first of all, give me a medicine check. 20. So you can tell it seems to be stable. Sel was able to just clock it in just the right way where it is knocked unconscious. You know that obviously being an unconscious creature it will eventually wake up but in terms of how well it's doing it seems to be just your kind of classic action movie mook unconscious for your purposes. Okay. But as you do that you reach down you put your two fingers on its little frog throat and suddenly Every muscle in your body seizes up and tightens. And, ooh, this is interesting. So you are restrained, and you are, I think, well, I guess if you're restrained, you're still able to, like, move your hands and stuff. So you're able to, like, jolt back, but your whole body is tightened as if it was just, like, almost electrocuted. Imagine a whole body cramp is what you're experiencing for a good, like, six seconds. I regret nothing. Sal, I made a mistake. Well, at least now we know what it does. Val's probably, like, too engrossed in in what she's doing with the three of them to have noticed this otherwise. (laughs) nobody, nobody, poor scientific method. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Checkers will see the, the activity going around down on the ground. He'll break the concentration on the entangle so that everyone else can, you know, move around freely. And then since he's kind of close to the edge of the clearing, mm-hmm. he's just going to keep an eye out to make sure no one saw what happened. Yeah. And reinforcements aren't coming. While the group is sort of stabilizing and investigating, he's going to stay up in the trees and just make sure everyone's safe. 
as this is happening, I, I was just curious, how is Checkers feeling and thinking about other than wanting to go back to bed generally? As he knows he's about to like emerge and look upon a pile of grung, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Right. Having just fought some, the strange grung, knowing kind of who he is and his whole story, what's he going through right now? Checkers is more or less just very excited because mm. the old sovereign of his clan, the Icebreakers, one of the reasons why they closed themselves off from the rest of the world was because the sovereign didn't believe in the mystical promised land that his clan generally does. So Checkers suddenly seeing evidence that there might be Grung that he didn't know about is just like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and that's it. Excellent. He's just like, this is going to be great. Yeah. And that's all he's caring about. It's yeah. not so much that they're riding around other mortals, that they're suddenly transported here, that no. there's all these other connections. It's just like the deep desire to be right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> just to show the sovereign glep glep that he's right and the sovereign's wrong. And so you're making your way there, and I'll describe what you see here in a second. Selv, what are you doing amidst all of the various medicinal chicanery? So Selv will make his way towards whichever closer, the dwarf or the human, and just kind of check them. And if it seems like they're, they're basically unconscious but relatively stable, he'll go and check out the bags that these, these grung were carrying. I know one of them had a, a darts or something. So I don't know how long this poison lasts. But if he needs to, he'll uh, like wipe the stuff off on the grass and, and then just kind of like take a look through it. So you're definitely able to, I'm not going to have you roll any like perception or investigation checks or anything like that, because you're just able to pretty freely go through their relatively small bags. You're able to recover both your darts, some of their kind of less finely crafted darts and spears and whatever. The only other kind of notable thing that you see is there seems to be a, in one of these, and, and it was never used in the fight, but you see kind of a weird pouch, almost bladder looking thing. And I don't mean that in the anatomical sense. I mean, in kind of the water skin sense. Mm -hmm. And you see it is kind of tightly sealed up and has been maybe sh sewn shut. Again, it's maybe leather, maybe something else. You're not entirely sure. That's the only other thing notable that you find. Okay. If I kind of move it with my quarterstaff, does it slosh around like there's actually liquid inside? A little sloshing, but also a little kind of rolling. Like there's something a little more solid inside of it. Okay. I will put all their stuff together in a spot. And I know Val has gloves, so <laughs> we'll have her take a look at that. Once Val has established the three are stabilized, she will kind of wait till everybody's gathered up or start gathering people up and ask what our plan is because I think we have to get them back to Etris. Yeah, so so first of all, Selv, I wanted to make sure to say, since you were kind of also investigating the mortal individuals, they're all roughly in the same condition in terms of they are stable-ish, they're not going to die now. They are also, again, in roughly the mm -hmm. same shape as the tiefling that you saved last week. Mm -hmm. So, checkers, mm -hmm. what you see is it is still a camp very much in construction. Mm -hmm. There are a few small walls here and there being constructed, more like bits mm -hmm. of cover, but those are all still very underdeveloped. Really, the only kind of even semi-permanent structure is the one that is on the back of the giant creature that the maybe high overlord you overheard them saying is sitting on and also the giant creature that it is sitting on is also sitting on kind of a dais throne chair thing notably a couple things that you see is you see there's a big fenced off area where there is just a huge pile of these fruits that you saw this yellow golden high overlord whatever chieftain grung just like slamming and you see a lot of the other grung every once in a while will stop by and just pop one in their mouth. And again, it is a huge pile. It's like hundreds uh -huh. of fruits. Uh -huh. Deep? I don't know. We'll say deep. You get it. It's a, it's a shitload of fruit. How long would you be waiting there watching? Honestly, probably not that long. One of the things that checkers might think to do, depending on how long the others are taking, 
might be to actually try to go sneak over to that big old pile of fruit and take one. So it's a little ways into the camp for sure. Uh But also at the same time, it is pretty late at night. You can already see several of the grung dig little pits for themselves Uh to kind of nestle into and drag dirt and stuff over Mm -hmm. them. So several are clearly already going to bed. The other thing notable that you would see kind of a crate, perhaps, of the strange pouches or bladders or whatever that Sel found in one of the bags. You just see a stockpile of them. The last thing that you really notice as you're looking around and probably one of the ones that would stick out to you the most is you see a pen that is fairly large and you see a large mix of different mortals and animals who are all sitting in this pen. All of them looking a little sickly, definitely out of it. And you see actually a couple of grung who are inside of the pen who are almost just touching some part of their exposed skin for a second or two and then moving on to the next, keeping whatever it is that they're touching, whatever they have here, under seemingly maybe some form of sedation or something you're not entirely sure. And that, the kind of dais, throne-ish looking thing, and the fruit are all relatively close together, kind of towards the middle of this. And then there is just a amount of different mini, you know, half-constructed fortifications, mostly just a lot of stumps (laughs) and Uh a lot of fires kind of brightening up here and there. And then just, again couple dozen grung who are milling around and sleeping or doing their kind of last little chores or what have you and you Mm -hmm. see the golden grung is already asleep on top of the giant creature all right checkers is going to do the smart thing and when he sees (laughs) that the group isn't in any immediate danger he's going to jump back down to them and sort of relay some of this information about the state of the camp how everyone's kind of sleeping where the general where generally things are and then say Guys, I'm going to go steal some of those fruit. <laughs> I feel like both Val and Self just do this very, like, while Self just kind of does this deep exhale, Val is just, like, doing a deep inhale of, like, okay, mm, that is it. That it'll, is an idea. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. We do have three, un, four unconscious mortals and a cat who need our help right now. So are you guys going to be questioning this other grung before you move anywhere? Are you taking it back to camp? What's the what's the haps? We're figuring that out right now, I think. Well, you know, would be a great time to figure that out. Next week's episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Woo! Yay. Thanks for listening.